And then also pray for the offering this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we open up the Bible now, we pray that you would bless and anoint the reading of your word here this morning. This is why we're here, Lord God, not only to worship you and to praise you and to honor you and to lift up your name, but we're here, Lord God, to be fed your wonderful, powerful, glorious word, Lord, that keeps our minds right, that keeps our lives right, Lord Jesus. And we pray right now that you will anoint it. Help me, Lord God, as as a speaker here this morning, I humble myself before you and I ask you to help me to be able to organize my thoughts and my words and that you, Lord, would guide this meeting here this morning, Lord, with your people, my brothers and sisters. And we pray, Lord God, for all of us that are here present, for all of those that are watching online, that, Lord God, we would just set aside everything and give you priority right now. Make you number one of everything in our lives, that we would focus our hearts and our attention on you here this morning, Lord. Bless your word. Also bless the offerings, Lord God, and the financial giving and support of the church. We thank you again, Lord, for taking care of us and resourcing us and for blessing us and for being faithful to us, Lord. Thank you for the people that have been so obedient and loyal, Lord God, to continue to support the church in these difficult days that we're living in. And we ask you to bless them for that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right, Jeremiah. Chapter 29, verse 11 says this, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Uh, we looked at this, or we started looking at this a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were kind of interrupted a little bit because of the Valentine's weekend. But we started this a couple of weeks ago, and we began to see that our Lord tells us what His plans are for us. And we see that there are three things that God tells us about his plans for us that are found in this verse of Scripture. Number one, his, his plans are thoughts of peace and not evil. How many of you are glad that God doesn't want evil for us? He wants peace. Can you say amen? And uh, in the NIV, it says that his plans are to prosper us and not to harm us. Number two, the, as far as plans that God has for us, is he plans to give us a future. And number three, his plans are to give us hope. We focused a couple of weeks ago on the word peace, and we discovered that God desires to be at peace with us and for us to be at peace with him. And I think that we can all agree that the world in general is always searching for peace. Would you agree with that? Can you say amen? I mean, even people that don't believe in God or that don't concern themselves with God or don't even believe in the Bible, they're still searching for peace within themselves. It's just this constant, constant search for... The world is looking for peace. There's always conflict and wars and fightings and, and all kinds of difficulties going on around the world, and we're always looking for peace. And we learned the sad reality about our relationship with God or humanity's relationship with God. The Bible tells us that without Jesus Christ and the shed blood on the cross, we are at war with God. We are enemies of God. All of our works are wicked before God, and we are alienated from God. And we read in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, a couple of weeks ago, and it says this, And you who once were alienated, and enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now he has reconciled yet now he has reconciled so through faith in Christ we can have peace with God and peace with our fellow man and we can have peace within ourselves 
We can have inner peace knowing that we are forgiven, knowing that we are saved, knowing that we are on our way to heaven, knowing that we are children of God, knowing that we are protected and resourced and blessed by God, knowing that we have eternal life in and through Jesus Christ. All these realities, all these truths bring us peace within ourselves. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. It says this, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. How many of you know that you have eternal life with Jesus? You know it. There's no question. There's no doubt. There's no insecurity. That, gives, uh, that should give you confidence. That should help you to feel secure. That should give you peace inner peace, knowing that no matter what happens, even if we die, it doesn't matter. We are on our way to heaven. And that's glorious news, church. That is glorious news. Praise God for that. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful. Is Jesus wonderful, church? His name shall be called Counselor. Can we go to him in times of crisis and trouble so that he can give us some common sense reasoning? Can we, is he our counselor, church? Is he better than a psychiatrist or a sociologist or a therapist? He's the best one. Hallelujah. He's our counselor. Mighty God. Is Jesus mighty? Mighty enough to save and to help us in any situation. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. And it says here, the prince of peace. Jesus Christ is the prince of peace. Another scripture that is powerful and that gives us peace is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says this, and we know, there's that word know again, to know something. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Do you love God here this morning? Then I, I want you to feel secure in knowing that no matter what's going on in your life, good or bad, especially if it's bad, somehow, some way, God is going to turn it around and make something good out of it. That's what the Scripture says. It says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are the called according to his purpose. We can have peace in knowing that God, our God, is powerful enough to turn things that are difficult and painful and hurtful into something that is good. Now, I have a number of examples of things that have happened that are very painful and hurtful and difficult and, and hard to deal with that God ultimately has turned to good. But let me just use one example. And I talked to the family and asked them for permission to use this here this morning. Okay. Many of you know the Lopez family. And uh, most of you who attend our church know that Tony and Terry Lopez uh, lost their son, Tony Jr. Uh, a year, a little over a year ago, he was murdered. And I think that all of us would agree that that is a very devastating blow for any couple or for any family to deal with. I mean, you think you may have problems, but if you still have your kids, at least you can still hug them. And even if they don't want to hug you, you, they're still around. Okay. But once you lose someone, especially a child, that is a very painful thing to go through. Now, 
Tony and Terry, I don't know if you guys are listening right now, but he's not only your son, but I feel like Tony Jr. belonged to all of us as a church. And let me tell you why. Because Tony Jr.'s story actually begins with Vacation Bible School. Because John and Christina Garcia and their kids invited Terry and Tony uh, Lopez's kids to come to Vacation Bible School. All right? And so when the kids came to Vacation Bible School, the kids loved the church. They enjoyed coming to church here. So what did they do when Vacation Bible School ended? They told mom and dad, we want to go back to church. We want to go back to church. Dad didn't want to come back to church, but mom brought them to church. So Terry started bringing the kids to church because they loved the children's program here. Well, while Terry was coming, and she was just coming basically to support the kids, well, guess what? Terry fell in love with Jesus and the church, and she became a part of the church. Okay? And then her husband, Tony, started coming to church. And he fell in love with Jesus. And God started doing a work in his heart and in his life and changing the way he thinks and the way he acts and the way he lives. And then it gets a little bit more personal because the, uh, we had a men's retreat. And I think we had about 40 of our men that went up to the retreat. And Ken, Chaplain Ken Crawford was the main speaker. And uh, Tony Lopez Sr. invited his son, Tony Jr., to go up to the retreat. And at first, Tony Jr. said, no, I'm not going to go to the retreat. I don't want to go to the retreat. But guess what? At the very last minute, Tony Jr. decided to come to the men's retreat with that. And God did a powerful, awesome work in Tony Jr.'s life. And Tony Jr. got saved up at that retreat. He met Jesus. It was awesome. That's why Tony's story is personal to all of us because we have seen this as a church happening right before our eyes from the very beginning. So Tony and Terry, he's not just your son and he's not just your loss. He's all of our losses because he belongs to all of us because we've seen this happen right before our eyes. And so he gets saved and, uh, and, and he was getting close to the Lord. But then sadly, he got murdered. And that, of course, was devastating for the family And it was devastating for us as a church because of that loss. Now, it it affected all of us. But you know, it is an amazing thing what God is doing through this family right now. Now, first of all, how many of you would agree that losing a son is probably one of the worst things that can happen to any couple. Would you all agree with that? Can you say amen? I mean, that is a terrible, ugly, sad, devastating, hurtful, awful thing. I mean, you can't get any worse probably than that. All right? But yet, God is doing some amazing things with his family right now. Last week, it just so happens that last week, I showed you a video of Tony Sr. being interviewed about the death of his son, and that interview was on Channel 7. Well, guess what? This week, Tony Sr. got interviewed again by Channel 11. And not only was he interviewed by Channel 11, but he also was featured in an article in the newspaper, the San Fernando Valley Sun. And 
I want to show you this video of the interview that they had on Channel 11 with uh, Tony Sr. The first one was on Channel 7. Now this one's on Channel 11. Let's go ahead and watch this video of uh, Tony Sr. being interviewed, okay? young man who was murdered during a robbery in Pacoima says that their son's killer could end up serving just a few years in prison because of L.A. District Attorney George Gascon's new reforms. As Gina Silva shows us, they're fighting back tonight. Losing the child has got to be the worst thing that someone can ever go through. It's been said a gun always kills more than the intended victim. A part of me died that day, too. Terry and Anthony Lopez are heartbroken. On January 12, 2020, their son Anthony II was murdered in Pacoima. The 20-year-old was robbed by two brothers. Investigators say the shooter was 16 years old. He shot uh, little Tony in the back and shot several other rounds uh, before fleeing. He was apprehended about a year later, and he still had that murder weapon um, with him. Kathy Cady is a retired L.A. County deputy D.A. She is now a Marcy's Law attorney representing the Lopez family. And we're going to fight, mijo. Justice for little Tony. The family has learned their son's killer could serve just a few years because of the new directives by L.A. County D.A. George Gascon. It's totally absurd that he can be out in three to seven years, even, even if he serves nine years. Nine years to me is not enough. Gascon's new policy states that no juveniles will be tried as adults. That means defendants under the age of 18 will be released when they turn 25. Not only was the case uh, kept in juvenile court, but also these um, allegations and enhancements, they were dismissed. And that's pursuant to his policy, which again is a blanket policy and does not allow for a victim to have a voice. Special circumstance of murder in the course of a robbery and a gun allegation would have been a part of this case, but not under the new DA's policies. Anthony and Terry had a Zoom meeting with Gascon. They say it didn't go well. We tried to let him know our situation, that it's not just a blanket policy. Each case is individual. Please look at, you know, our cases as individual cases. This is a murder. It's not just a robbery. Never really answered. We reached out to the DA's office asking if Mr. Gascon would reassess this case. All we got back was an email with a copy of his directives, which states no juveniles will be tried as adults. I tell the DA, I don't want him to get life. Anthony says he does believe in reform, but he says Gascon's blanket policies are wrong, especially when it comes to murder. I would feel comfortable with 25 years, period. You know, like, give him 25 He'll still be a young man. He'll still be 40, 41 years old. You know, he can have plenty of life when he's, when he's done. The next hearing in this case has been scheduled for February 22nd. It's not fair. That's not justice. Gina Silva, Fox 11 News. And can we just show the uh, headline for the newspaper article really quick, uh, if it's possible? I just want to show you the, the headline for that uh, news article on the newspaper. Okay. You going to try to pull that up, Nicolette? Okay, good. Let's be patient. Appreciate Nicolette and Joshua running our tech services here. They're such a blessing for us. This is the, just the title of the news article. I don't want to go through it uh, right now, but uh, so it was featured in the newspaper. So anyways, 
Here's my point. Here's the point that I'm making. This is a terrible, terrible thing that has happened. Nothing that we can do can bring little Tony back. One day, mom and dad will see their son again in heaven. But in the meantime, they have to deal with the reality that their son was violently murdered. They have to deal with the reality that they will never see their son again in this life. They have to deal with the reality that their son's killers are alive. They have been captured and they are in prison. Now that in itself is a, is a that's a miracle too. Because usually they don't even catch the, the, the killers. They don't, or it takes two or three years before they even get close to catching them. And then they have to prove that it's them. But man, within the 10 months, they caught these guys with the murder weapons and with a confession. I mean, that in itself is a major, major miracle and victory for their case. But the sad reality is, even though they're captured and in prison, they continue to live. They're in prison, but they continue to live. And God is turning this horrible thing into an opportunity to do some good. God is using Tony and Terry to stand up for victims of violent crime, to stand up and advocate for victims' rights. You see, Tony and Terry are now connected to the Prince of Peace, and his name is Jesus Christ. That's what's making a difference for them. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 and 4 says this, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. They're keeping their focus on Jesus because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God the peace of God. See, when a, when a parent loses their child, there's, that's 24-7 torment. And the only one that can bring peace to that torment is the Holy Spirit and the power of God. That's the only one. That's the, there isn't a single medicine, a single cure, a single man-made concoction that can take that kind of pain away. It has to come from God. And that's why it says here, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus Christ is the main reason why Tony and Terry are able to keep their sanity during this horrible thing that has, hap that has happened to them. Jesus Christ has been the one that has helped Tony Sr. not to give in to the temptation to take matters into his own hands, to take care of things his own way as a man. And God has blessed him for that. God has blessed him tremendously, giving him, giving him favor, having these opportunities to go on television and to be a spokesperson. That is from God, my friend. That just doesn't happen to anybody. What is the main point? Even in the midst of horrible tragedy and hurt and pain and loss and turmoil and uncertainty, you can have peace because we are one with the Prince of Peace and His name is Jesus Christ and He's the one that makes a difference, church. 
Now, you can try and find peace some other way if you want. You can try it. You can try alcohol. You can try dope. You can try sexual sin. You can try worldly parties and activities. You can try gambling, the lottery, and psychics. You can try the love of money. You can try success in the stock market. You can try and take matters into your own hands and lean on your own understanding, on your own carnal thinking, on your own stinking thinking. You can go ahead and take revenge and payback and choose violence. But if you do choose to reject the ways of Christ and choose to handle things in your own way, you're going to discover the hard way that things, these things do not bring peace. As a matter of fact, these things result in more torment. If you think you're tormented now, if you take matters into your own hands and, and try to do things in your own way, all it's going to do is bring more torment and more pain and more heartache and probably cause you to end up in jail or in a mental institution or dead. That's what happens when we don't follow the ways of God and we choose to handle things our way. That's why I'm so proud of Tony and Terry, but especially of Tony, dad, because, you know, as a man, you, you want to get revenge and you want to you hurt somebody, but he's putting his trust in the Lord and now God is turning this horrible, terrible thing into something good. Into something good. Let's go back to our text and look at the second thing that God mentions about his plans for us. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says this, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future. A future. Let's talk about the future right now in 2021. Never before have we had such an insecure future. According to Dr. Fauci, maybe, maybe by 2022, things may start getting back to normal, but he's not sure because he doesn't know the future. According to President Biden, he first said that by spring of this year, everyone will be vaccinated. But now he is saying that it will probably be Christmas time before everyone is vaccinated. But he's not sure because he doesn't know the future. According to the LAUSD, all of our kids will be back in school real soon. But the, two, the teachers union says, no, no, no. All of our teachers have to get vaccinated first. Don't be telling us to go back to school and start school if we're, if we're not getting vaccinated. So nobody knows. Nobody really knows when our kids are going to go back to school. Right now, restaurants are once again being allowed to have outside dining. But no one won't knows the future for indoor dining. The other day, I was up early, and Julie was up early, and I, and I, and I wanted so much to go to uh, Denny's or to go to IHOP and have breakfast with my wife indoors. But I didn't want to have breakfast outdoors because it was freezing cold. When are we going to be able to eat inside again? Nobody knows because nobody knows the future. Does anyone know how long we're going to have to continue to wear these masks that are driving us crazy and that are causing so much litter? I mean, I see masks flying all over, the, especially with this wind. Masks are flying off people's faces all over the streets now. How long do we have to wear these masks? 
They smell. I can't stand my own breath. Interest rates are still at a record low, which is causing a real estate boom. It's a seller's market. Homes and condos are selling like hotcakes, but for how long? No one knows the future of interest rates. Will they continue to stay low? Will things get worse and cause them to go even lower? Will things get better and cause them to go higher? Yesterday, just yesterday, I heard that uh, you can get a loan for 1.99%. That is fantastic. How long is it going to last? I don't know. Nobody knows because no one knows the future. No one knows the future of interest rates and what's going to happen. What about the future effects of the vaccine? No one knows for sure. Last Sunday, we celebrated Valentine's Day. And stats show that over 50% of our young adults, over 50%, think about that, of our young adults are desiring to hook up with someone and can't seem to connect with someone. What about widows and divorcees that were alone on Valentine's Day? Some of you are wondering, what is my future? Will I find someone? Will I find companionship? Will I get married? And just as people, we're always curious about our our futures. Will I be famous? Will I be rich? Will I live a long life? Guess what? We don't know because no one knows the future what about other things about the future when will we be able to go to staple center to watch a basketball game nobody knows when are we going to be able to see the rams or the chargers play at the brand new sophie football stadium nobody knows when will we be able to eat a dodger dog at dodger stadium and celebrate the championship nobody knows because no one knows the future The thing that none of us know is the future, and especially today. Our future is unstable. It's insecure. But the good news is this, church. The good news is this. I know someone that does know the future, and his name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus, and he knows the future. You don't. I don't. The president doesn't. No one does, but Jesus does. Praise God. He knows the future. And Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that if we belong to him, his desire and his plans are to give us a good future. As a matter of fact, he has already given us an outline of the future. And the good news is this. In the end, guess what, church? We already know how this thing ends. In the end, the people of God win. The people of God are victorious. Those who are on the Lord's side get the prize. Hallelujah. No matter how crazy things get, it doesn't matter. You're going to win. In the end, you win. It brings me back to that example that I... uh, shared with you a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago about that black minister that I listened to at 12 o'clock on KKLA about wrestling. Remember how every wrestling match is prearranged before it even starts. Even if the guy in the ring looks like he's getting totally blasted and devastated and tore up, if it's already predestined for him to win, guess what? In the end, he's going to win. 
It's the same thing with you and I. Yes, as Christians, we may get blasted. We may get knocked down once in a while. We may get tore up once in a while. But guess what? It doesn't matter. We have Jesus on our side. And in the end, he says, you're going to win. You're going to come out on top. You're going to get the prize. You're going to hold the trophy. You're going to get to heaven. Don't worry about how crazy things look and how mixed up things look. God knows the future. And his plans are to give you and me who belong to him a good future. I also know the future of the devil and his demons. They will be defeated and tormented and cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. The real truth is that even though we know that our future in God is secure and good, we will still have to go through trials and tribulations in the here and now. Our responsibility is to keep our eyes on the goal, which is heaven, or keep our eyes on the King of kings and Lord of lords, which is Jesus Christ. And no matter what we face or what comes at us, never, 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 ever give up, church. Never give up. You hold on to the Lord. You keep coming to church. You keep reading your Bible. You keep crying out to God. Even though it looks crazy and dark and chaotic and all messed up and hopeless, it doesn't matter. You hold on to the Lord because he says in the end, you win. Because he knows the future, church. Romans eight eighteen says this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Listen, the future is bright for us, church. These things that we're going through right now, they're nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed in us when we get to heaven. Jeremiah thirty-one seventeen: There is hope in your future, says the Lord, that your children shall come back to their own border. Speaking of Israel coming back to its borders. Psalm chapter 37, verses 37 through 39 says this. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright. For the future of that man is peace. But, that, but the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Listen, in this life, God is not saying you're not going to go through drama. You're going to go through drama. You're going to go through trouble. You and I, even as children of God, we're going to have to go through tribulations and trials and all kinds of heartache. But you know what? We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because he's going to somehow, some way, pull us through and make something good out of it. I don't know how or when or where, but that's what God does. And that's what he says. And that's the way it is. Everyone has a future. And according to Psalm 37, verse 37 through 39, which we just read, it says here in verse 37, it tells us that the future of the man that seeks God is peace. Verse 38 tells us that the future of the man that rejects the ways of God and is wicked is destruction. God has a good future plan for those of us who belong to him. Matthew 6, 
31 through 33, one of our favorite sections of Scripture in the Bible. These are the words of Jesus. Matthew 6, 31 through 33 says this. And these are the words of Jesus again. Let me say it. It says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Let me say that again. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Let me say it just one more time, just in case you didn't hear it. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. He knows it. Don't get all panicky and worried and think that God doesn't care and God doesn't see or God doesn't know. He knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What is God saying? Dude, don't be stressing out over your future. When you wake up in the morning... You say good morning to me as your God. You talk to me. You honor me. With your first waking breath, you honor me as your God. Through the day, talk to me. Even in your worst moments, even when you're in the toilet, you still talk to me. <laughs> At night, before you go to bed, you talk to me. I got your future. I got your back. I got you taken care of. All I want is for you to fellowship with me as your God, and I want to fellowship with you as my child, and everything's cool. That's all God wants because he loves this church. He actually loves hanging out with us. Even at our worst moments, God loves hanging out with us. Sometimes, like I've said before, I can't stand myself. And yet God still loves hanging out with me. I can't believe it. He loves it. I don't have to go to a fortune teller to know my future. I don't have to go to a psychic to know my future. I don't have to go to a witch doctor to, hear, to know my future. I don't have to go to a palm reader to know my future. I don't have to study the alignment of the stars to know my future. I don't have to look at the horoscopes to, to know my future. I know my future, and I'm on my way to heaven, baby. That's my future. I don't have to know anything else. Nothing else matters. I'm on my way to heaven, and that's it. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 6 says this. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then and he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and 
faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And while I live on this earth and while you live on this earth as a child of God, God promises to be with us through every perilous journey, every perilous turn, every perilous event that we go through. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Isaiah 43 verses 1 through 3. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Joshua 1.5 No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Matthew 28, 20, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. John 16, 33, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You will have the victory. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. In other words, don't do things your way. Do things God's way. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Finally, Third John chapter 1. One, third John chapter one verse two. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. God has a good future planned for you. Stick with God. Stay with God. Stay faithful to God. Stay loyal to God. Don't let him go. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus. Stay faithful to him because his plans for you are good, not evil. And he has plans for a good future for you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, the sad reality, Lord, is that the future for the wicked is eternal hell and separation from you. It's our job, Lord, to do the best that we can to warn the wicked before it's too late. And Lord, help us to be concerned about the future of the wicked, even though they're wicked, even though they're evil, even they do, even though they do and act and live in terrible in a terrible way. And Lord, we have to remember that the majority of us, the majority of us were wicked just like the rest of the world and we were lost just like the rest of the world. Help us not to forget where we came from, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have compassion on the wicked even though they, they, they grieve us and they hurt us and they, they, their, their thinking and their way of life and their, their understanding of things and they're all corrupt and warped and twisted and, and, and it's, it's ugly and it's dark and it's nasty. But God, help us to have compassion 
on the wicked and to do what we can to reveal light to them. In the meantime, for those of us who belong to you, Lord, help us to trust you. In these days where our future is so uncertain, we don't know, Lord. We don't know how things are going to turn out. Everything is up in the air right now. But we do know that as we stay focused on you, you guarantee us a good future. If you're here this morning and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die today or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If that's you here this morning, you're not sure. Listen, I, I said a scripture a little while ago. The Bible says these things are written that you might, that you may know that you have eternal life. If there's any doubt, if there's any question, if there's any insecurity, something's wrong. Something is wrong. And you need to correct that. There should not be any doubt in your mind or in your heart where you're, where you're at with God. And if there is, you got to get it right. And I'm giving you the opportunity right now to get it right. So if that's you, lift up your hand. You are not a Christian and you want to make sure that your life is right with God. Just lift up your hand right now. We will pray. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Thank you, Kim. We're going to pray for you right now. Those of you watching online, those of you watching online, if that's you and you are insecure, you're not really sure, you're doubting, uh, you don't really know that you're right with the Lord, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Now, Kent, I want you to come up here, buddy. Come on up here to the front. Just stand up right here. And I want you to say this prayer with me along with the people that are online. Okay, because we're going to seal your relationship with God here today. All right? And the good thing is this, Ken. No matter what's happened, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what your past, it's wiped out right now. In the name of Jesus, it's all wiped out. It's all clean. God has cleaned it all up. Whatever mess, whatever mistakes, it's all clean now. Man, I, I, I'm so tempted to have you stand right behind. That, that, that touch is so important, that physical touch. We miss that physical touch, you know, with this COVID thing. We just, man, that physical touch is, there's life in that physical touch. There's just, I don't know what it is. It's just life. So anyways... Ken, I want you to say this prayer with me out loud, okay? Just say this prayer out loud. And um, those of you online, I want you to say this prayer out loud. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, all my doubts, all my hurt, all my anger, all my frustration. I lay it down at your feet, all my hurt, all my injuries, all the stuff of my life, I lay it down at your feet. And Lord, have mercy on me. Forgive me. Accept me as your son, as your child. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now. Amen. Let's give glory to God for Ken here this morning. So Ken, whatever has happened, buddy. It's all in the past. Forget about it. It's a whole brand new start right now. Brand new creation. Brand new start to life. A brand new future for you. Brand new. Okay? Don't let the enemy... Don't let the enemy mess with your head. Okay? I said a little while ago, 
Uh, I like the song that Carmen used to sing or that he sings. When the enemy reminds me of my past, I remind him of his future. Okay? So when he starts tormenting you about all your mistakes and all the past and all the radical crazy stuff, okay, you know what, devil? You leave me alone because your future is in the lake of fire for all eternity. Okay? You just remind him of that. You're a brand new creation. You belong to the Lord. This is the beginning of a brand new life for you. All right? Father, we just pray for Kenneth right now, Lord. Heal all the hurt. Heal all the pain. Heal all the disappointment and discouragement in his soul, Lord God. And Father, as I shared earlier, it's your desire to turn all of this bad that Kenneth has gone through into something good. You will do it, God. You will do it to his face as he learns to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you, Ken. Beautiful. I'm going to open up the altar for any of you that need prayer this morning for any reason whatsoever. You feel free to come up to the altar. We're going to pray with you and uh, minister to you. Otherwise, let's just end the service right here. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we close out the service here this morning, Lord, we pray that you would bless your people, encourage your people, anoint your people, and Lord God, help us to go out of here victorious, knowing that our future is secure in you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. God bless you, church.